Welcome to the QAV podcast. On this episode, we're talking about MIL's latest financials, which contained an emphasis of matter by the auditor. We're looking at MXI, which went into a trading halt last week and then came back with a 30% spike. We look at MTO, which breached its sell line on Thursday last week, and I asked Tony whether or not I should have sold it. I did anyway, but just checking in with him. We talk about MML, which has a bit of a tricky sell line. We talk about ABA and whether or not it has a new upturn, whether or not it would actually end up as a buy for us. And in the premium episode, we got a lot more, including an interview with Alison Harrington, who is the Queensland uh, Education Officer and the Brisbane Convener for the Australian Shareholders Association talking about women and investing and her investing history, etc. But anyway, this is the free episode. If you're brand new, I just want to introduce the podcast a little bit so you know what you're getting yourself into. If you've listened to the show before, feel free to just fast forward a minute or two. If you're brand new, here's the deal. Uh, my name's Cameron Riley. Tony Kynaston is an old friend of mine. He's a very successful share market investor. I'm talking very, very, very successful. He's been doing it 30 years. He's one of the best in the country in terms of a private investor. Very good uh, track record over 30 years. And what this podcast is about is Tony basically teaches me everything that he knows about investing in the stock market. And you get to listen. But if you're coming into this for the first time, you'll find that this episode, the current episodes, assume a certain level of prior knowledge. We assume that you know what we're talking about, his system, his methodology, which we explain in earlier episodes. So feel free to listen if you want to get the vibe for what's going on, but some of it's not going to make much sense unless you understand what the checklist is, etc. I recommend if you're brand new, you go back and listen to uh, Season 3, Episode 1, episode three and episode five, where we go into Tony's background and his system and his methodology in a lot more detail. And then feel free to listen to the contemporary episodes, the current episodes, you'll understand more of the context of what we're talking about. With that, let's get into today's show. Well, here we are, TK, QAV 430. How are you going today? Yeah, good. Good. Lockdown continues. Um, Emphasis of matter time, Tony. M-I-L, Millennium Services. Now, I was um, doing my own scorecard last week because I had to sell uh, something, MTO, I think and figure out what I was going to replace it with. And then I was looking at MIL and uh, I noticed this emphasis of matter thing, which I didn't think you'd mentioned uh, when we did a bit of a deep dive on MIL a couple of weeks ago. It says emphasis Mm -hmm. of matter related to going concern. But reading through it, I couldn't really tell if it was a problem or not. Yeah, I think it is. Well, yes and no. I mean, I think I've stuffed up. Quite frankly, I think um, it shouldn't be on the top scorers list because uh, that kind of emphasis of matter is um, a, a highlight by the auditors telling you to look at the notes in the financial statements which say that there's a question mark over the company's ability to continue trading as a going concern. So that is the, the classic red flag qualified audit statement. So 
I don't know how I missed it, but I did. Um, I know when I was doing the deep dive last week, I didn't check the audit report because I assumed I'd done it correctly in the past when it was added to the top scorers list and even added as a stock in the dummy portfolio. So a complete oversight on my part. I'm not sure how to explain it. I've been racking my brains trying to recreate my thinking back then, but I just I just think it's an oversight. So it's a it was Negroni time to <laughs> I don't think so, but I, uh, yeah, so I stuffed up. I'm going to fess up. Uh, I think, look, I think it's um, it's going to be, it highlights the fact to do your own research and check things for yourself and don't rely on me or you or anybody else to do it for you. But I think this kind of problem will hopefully be solved over time if we can automate checking the audit report somehow. So that's got to be something we um, we direct some attention to. Uh, yeah, try and get a way of doing it automatically. Well, I uh, I do. Th- I mean, I think it's a good thing in a way, as you just said. Like we've been urging people for the last few weeks to share mm. their scorecards, and the and I tell you, the reason I came up with MIL is because it wasn't on my scorecard. And uh, a couple of people, I think it was uh, Alice and and Cosman actually, who pointed out. That it wasn't that it wasn't there, and asked why I had skipped it. And when I went back and checked it, I noticed that I had it down as a in in my uh, manual data from the last time I looked at it, probably a month ago. I had it down as uh, having a qualified audit, and I right. totally forgotten when you did your deep dive on it. But again, it was the fact that I picked it up this time when I went to double check it because the community checked my scorecard and pointed out a couple of omissions. I went back to double check the omissions and then I could go back to you. So, you know, this it, it bloody works, Tony. This mm. uh, There's power of having 150-odd really smart people on our Facebook group that are checking each other's work, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> and reviewing stuff. It's it's terrific. I mean, I, I I'm really excited by the fact that they're picking up mistakes and errors, and we're folding it all back in, so we're all getting better results. It's uh, really ter- terrific stuff. Yeah, I agree. It's it's well, it's helpless on this occasion. It's good. Yeah, I, I just probably should go on to say that uh, I'm leaving it in the, in the dummy portfolio, um, and that was a decision I had to think about because. Normally I'd take it out. It's a red flag event. It's a go, no go, pull it out. But um, I suspect given the circumstances with this particular company, uh, the the going concern concern question was raised because there was a lot of current debt um, and not enough current assets to cover it. However, there was a lot of current debt because apparently there's uh, an accounting rule which says, if you have long-term debt which is being renegotiated during the, um, the 12 months that the report, the financial report refers to, then you have to classify it as current debt. And so um, there was lots of, I think it was like $20 million worth of debt had been transferred from long-term to current mm. and there was only a couple of million dollars worth of current assets and so they were saying, well, you can't pay your debts. But really, you know, as, as we saw with this company, they've had a restructure, they've had lots of, JobKeeper payments, they paid down a lot of debt um, since that audit report. And, uh, you know, they're on a better footing going forward. So I suspect that the 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 audit will, won't, I think it'll disappear up with this 
next uh, reporting period, which comes up next month. So we'll wait and see. If it's still there, I think I'll probably sell it. But um, at the moment, the share price is going up. Um, and there's a reason, behind, you know, why I think the qualified audit may go away. So I'm just going to hold it until we see. It's come back a little bit over the last day or so, I think. It's uh, dropped 3% today, 3.3% today so far, still up 1.75% since we bought it, uh, but we should keep an eye on it. Yeah. Okay, uh, MXI, uh, <laughs> I think it was Cosman on the Facebook group also pointed out last week, he was the first person to point out that MXI had uh, been put into a trading halt mm-hmm. and then a day or two later they announced they were selling their trailer business. It shot up 30-odd percent in the day which made me very happy and Taylor very happy because we held it in our portfolios and his mate Chris all very excited. I know a lot of other QAV uh, folks had of, uh, are holding it as well. So uh, that was a nice one. Yeah, good. Must have been a bad business, that trailer business, to, <laughs> to sell it and shoot the share price up. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to ask you, is that um, – is that uh, something that you think has anything to do with QAV picking up that it was right for that kind of a turnaround or is that just a purely coincidental luck thing? Gee, good question. I, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's, I think it's due to like when we see companies pop up on our QAV top scorers list, Management are going to work pretty hard to release, to get the share price up and get you know the price back to where they think fair value is. Mm-hmm. We're, we're looking at companies which are undervalued, so uh, I think this is an example of um, of a of action taken by management to try and improve the share price of the business. So they think, think it's undervalued as well, and they're sitting around going, "Okay, we have a." Responsibility as directors of the company to work out uh, what we can do. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> no, I'm not thinking about directors' responsibilities. They're going shit. Our options are underwater. Let's get let's get the share price up, oh, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> well, we own shares in the stock. Let's get this puppy on the road. Come on. Well, when we have a responsibility to the shareholders, they, they mean themselves to. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> release the value in a business, and they figured yeah. in this case. The best way to do that was to sell the trailer business. Yeah, exactly. So there is there is uh, some merit in saying that QAV is uncovering these businesses that we think are undervalued, and if we think they're undervalued, you know, it's a good chance that uh, other people do as well, either the directors or uh, you know other interested parties in the case of mm-hmm. acquisitions or, or that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. yeah, as we've seen before, it's fairly common that a QAV stock gets taken out by someone yeah. else. I think the most recent example was Australian Pharmaceuticals API, which is the under takeover offer from West Farmers. It's the, the chemist chain. Right. Uh, it was on our uh, top scorers list. It did, it's dropped off the bottom, I think, because of price rises. But, um, yeah, I mean, a company well, who's made a whole career out of taking over other companies has seen the value just like we have. And the other example would be Maya. Of course, um, yeah. I added it to my portfolio, and then Solly Lou, who we know is a big, big fan of the show, uh, <laughs> snapped it up. 
and started driving think, the price. I think Solly pays someone to listen to the podcast for him. Of course, of course, of course, <laughs> course. Yeah, yeah. As I do. In fact, I'm. This isn't actually me right now. This is uh, somebody impersonating me. I've hired an impersonator to impersonate me. I'm actually lying on the lying in a hammock, drinking Negronis out the back. <laughs> All right, MTO. Uh, MTO breached its cell line on. <laughs> I was going to ask who you hired to impersonate you. Oh, it's just a guy. I found him on Fiverr. Just doesn't impersonate. He doesn't have to do anything. Just has to read questions and tell some bad jokes, and it's all good. Um, MTO breached its cell line on Thursday. Um, I sold it out of my personal portfolio, but I got to tell you, I was a little bit uh, unsure as to whether or not I really wanted to because the chart looks good. It's still going up and then it came back, but I thought it did breach the sell line, but I was like, "Mm." it's one of those charts that's breached the sell line but is still generally going upwards towards the right. Yeah, right. If you look at it over... Well, since the sort of COVID cough, right, it's been building back yeah. up. Mm-hmm. And uh, listener Dan sent me an email about it too over the weekend. Hey, mate, uh, MTO has breached its sell line, but I'm feeling a little reluctant to sell it on the basis I think it's doing quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still learning it could be quite wrong, but there's some big pluses for me and a couple of slight negatives. They've been accumulating a lot of cash on the balance sheet. That cash has been used to pay down long-term debt to zero. Came out with an earnings update, which they think will be up around 50% on the last results, expanding market share by opening new stores, which are apparently doing well. Added subsidiary financially departments, making them more profitable. Uh, margins are expanding, making them more efficient. The downside, looking for an M&A, which could turn into a diversification. <laughs> Tailwinds of COVID lockdowns will tail off. Like I said, I'm only just starting out and could be way off in terms of my analysis. I'm wanting to hold off until September 28th on this one when the new figures come out, although it has breached its cell line. Would love to hear some feedback from the main man himself. <laughs> so... Okay, breach is that rules is rules is what I said to Dan. Rules I said, is rules. I sold yep. it because rules is rules, Dan, but I was eh, I was reluctant like Dan is. I was like, look, it looks good, but, you know, so rules yeah, is well, rules. All, those, all that analysis Dan's done is is good, but the share price has dropped from 290 to 260 this month, so it's that analysis isn't counting for much with the current share price. And, and if you look at the, the graph, um, it's kind of, Started off steeply after COVID, now it's tapering off and even turning over. So, look, uh, take I take Dan's point. I take your point. Um, it's it's. I think you said 29th of September were the results, but I think it'll be August rather than September. I think unless it has a um, does it have a what's its uh, reporting date? Yeah, no, we'll get we'll get um, new results from this one before the end of August. So you can potentially. Wait until then. I keep very much keep an eye on the share price because there's been a couple of there's been a fair few cases I think in the last month or so where we've seen stocks bounce off the COVID low, and even though they're in a general uptrend, the the steepness I guess of that uptrend is starting to taper off and then sometimes turning over. And I'm thinking of stocks like VUK and ANZ at the moment, and even with stocks like we spoke about last week, the retailers like Adairs and JB Hi-Fi there. 
they're kind of um, in a bit of a downturn at the moment. Of course, that might turn around with new figures and JB Hi-Fi and Adairs haven't crossed their their sell lines, whereas Virgin UK and ANZ have. So uh, Virgin UK and ANZ are basically telling us um, that we should sell when they cross the three-point trend line because they both remained beneath that uh, the share price when they crossed. Other ones that uh, I spoke about last week, like CBA, kind of bumps up and down against the the sell price. So I'm having to watch that day by day. And <clears throat> I think uh, we spoke about CBA last week. It crossed its sell price by a couple of cents and now it's back above it. So I haven't sold any, just uh, as an update on that one. But it could easily turn around. It's so close to the sell price. It could turn around today or tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, so I think rules is rules. Uh, you might... You might want to wait for a little bit, like, you know, give yourself a couple of percentage points tolerance and, and just see if it does turn around. But uh, looking at the MTO graph, I think it's a it's a reasonable conclusion to say that some of the wind's going out of that share price. Really? Even though it's been going up relatively consistently since the COVID cough? Yeah, it has been going up consistently and it may well keep going up. So... There's never a black and white answer to this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And if, like I said, if you wanted to wait and give yourself a bit of a a margin there, you might wait till it's a couple percent below the sell line before you sell, but in case it turns back up again. But, uh, yeah, I'm not convinced. In the last month, it's dropped a a 30 cents on a a three, but it's dropped 10% in the last month. So, yeah. uh, It's a bit of a trend, I think, for me. It has dropped a couple of cents since I sold it late last week, so mm-hmm. I'm feeling okay about it. I replaced it with COG, uh, which has uh, come up a couple of points, I think, since I bought it, so it's all good on my end. But, yeah, okay. Thanks for uh, th- talking us through that. Let's talk about the sell line for MML, if we can. Yeah, Medusa. Sure. Hey, by the way, you know, you told us last week to check our sell lines every month. Uh, mm-hmm. I went I went through and did that when I was doing my scorecard last week and I'm glad I did because some of them had changed really – some of them hadn't changed a great deal, but some of them had changed really dramatically since the last time yeah. I looked at them. They'd, they'd really uh, gone up as the graph moves to the right. And so, yeah, glad I mm-hmm. did. Yeah, good. S- so and MM- occasionally, occasionally um, a, a trough or a peak will drop off the left-hand side of the graph as well, which will change right. it dramatically. Yeah. So MML, um, if I look at the five-year monthly chart for that, the low is uh, June 2017, around about 28 cents. Uh, then it goes to September 2017 at 29 cents, but those uh, sort of – uh, within an eight cent eight percent variance, mm-hmm. so I'm starting L one at uh, November 2018 at 31 cents. Uh, no, I think that's L two. Well, so what are you taking as L one? Uh, the second. So okay, so let me just go September through it. So 17? yes, so right. I've got June 17 is 28 cents. And so we want a share price that's no more than 8% above that, which is $0.30, cents, uh, if we're going to move the, the trough to the right because of the flat bottom. And November 18 is $0.31. Cents. So that's why I'm using September 17, which is 29. Yeah, you're right. 
Okay, so I want to start it there and I want to go through November 18. Yes. Which gives me a sell price of around 33 cents and it's currently at 91 cents. Correct. Okay, so that's a big, that's a big drop. Mm-hmm. Okay, good to know. I don't know why I thought it was uh, L1 was that one, but uh, when I was doing it last week, must have been having chart fatigue. Well, just one thing to, to note too. I know we talked about using the segment uh, line drawing feature of Stock Doctor's graphs. I have noticed that, and that gives us a percentage when we when we click on it, yeah, uh, which can help. But I have noticed when you're drawing these, you got to be careful that you're anchoring to the right price because – like say, for example, we look at um, drawing an anchor on September 17. We want the price to be $0.29, cents, but you can actually anchor the start of that segment sort of anywhere from about 28 to about $0.30 cents and still look like you're at the bottom of that that trough there. So just be careful when, you, when you're anchoring to a point on the graph, what I'm doing now is looking at the closing price for that particular month, which in September 17 uh, case for MML is 29 cents. And then I'm looking across to the right side of the graph. And as I move my cursor, I'm trying to get 29 cents on the right side of the graph. And then I anchor it. So if oh, you don't I get that exact, um, yeah. it can't, you know, it can make the percentage look wrong. Yeah. Okay. Good tip. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about, oh, the new shared manual data sheet that we've posted up on Google Sheets for QAV Club members. I want to shout out and cheers again to Gary for posting something on that. I think apart from you and I, he's the only person that's (laughs) updated some data there last time I checked late last week. So thanks, Gary. Can we just talk about that manual data sheet? Sure. So I noticed that, uh, I think it was for COG actually, like you must have done this when you were buying it. There's the new three-point trend line checklist item cell is a is a, a one or a zero, not yes or no. So um, just be careful that we're filling it out correctly. Oh, whoops! What was yeah? I'm just bringing that up. What was the uh, what was the column? So it's uh, is the is the share price in the new three-point trend upturn, or is it a, is it a recent buy? I think it might be called. So it's basically looking to whether. Uh, the the most recent buy is uh, since the last financial results. Okay, somebody's uh, sorted the sheet uh-huh, by alphabetical <laughs> and removed the uh, header column. Oh, that would be me. Sorry, <laughs> would be you. Let me just fix that. Which was which was my next question. <laughs> <laughs> which is what? Which is how do, did you have a um, an idea of how we'd use this? Google Sheet. So what I did when I sorted it, and I th- sorry about that, I thought I'd um, put it back the way it was. Uh, I sorted it by the date that the last change was made so I could go to the bottom and pick out the two or three changes that have been made since I last did the download. Oh, okay. Is that how you see it doing? Well, I've, used? I've just been uh, searching for the stocks that um, I'm looking at to see what, the last person said, but what I found was, I didn't, you know, I didn't trust where it was at because I thought, well, uh, qualified audit's okay, but uh, at least with sentiment, I need to recheck the sentiment because it may have 
change? Because sometimes you'll the last time you looked at it was several months ago, like March in yeah. some cases. Yeah. So uh, I ended up sort of checking most of them myself anyway, particularly if they're on my scorecard. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, if if I can check the manual, the the, the qualified audit thing, if uh, they haven't put out a new financial report since the last time it was checked, it should be valid, assuming somebody's checked it. Yeah, I'm just thinking how I would. I'm going to use this. I haven't used it yet because I haven't done a download since you posted the Google sheet. But I'm I'm either going to use it one of two ways: either copy the whole spreadsheet and just download it into my local version of the manually into data tab on my master spreadsheet, which will allow me to do a download and then it'll give me a new top scorers list um, automatically. Uh, Or sort it and look for the most recent changes and update my spreadsheet. Okay. Which which way have you done it? Well, as I said, I was just when I was doing the manual data section right. of mine last week, I was just searching for each stock and seeing if people had done it or if you'd done yeah, okay. it because it was only you and you know <laughs> copying and pasting it where I thought it was safe to do so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think the only issue will be is like um there's a couple like I think it's EVO maybe. No, uh W WWR or WRR. Anyway, there's a couple of additions that have been added to the spreadsheet, which you may not pick up if you're doing it. If you if you're looking through manually for stocks that you um, you wanted to find out whether they've been updated recently. Well, if they're not there, I just add them in, though, right? So you're what are you doing? Sorry, you're doing a sort on price to operating cash flow, coming up with your list, and then checking each one of those for a three point trend line sentiment, are you? Kind of. I, I do the sort on price to operating cash flow and mm-hmm. then uh, in the manual data tab, I'm using the Flipman version of the um, mm-hmm. checklist, I stack rank in term from for QAV score mm-hmm. and go from the top down and uh, I'm also, you know, just checking and getting rid of any that um, have been picked up as having uh, um Qualified audit previously. Qualified audit, yep. Yep. Yeah. And then I'm just uh, making sure that the top sort of 30 stack ranked by QAV score have got their manual data done. And I'll just go down that until I find one that I don't already own um, and make sure that there's and, – and go down a few below it, do their manual data as well because sometimes that can kick them up above. But Yeah, exactly. Once I've, once I've got a bit of a buffer there and I know that it's – the highest, it's COG, uh, for example, in this case, then that's it. I buy COG and I'm done. Okay. Yep, mm. that's that's not a bad way of doing it. It's quick. It means I spend yeah. as little time as possible doing yeah, it. Yeah, okay. ABBA. Uh, ABBA are back just with one B this time. Uh, <laughs> I think this turned up on my B- uh, scorecard. Yeah, that's it. Uh, ABA, I, can we have a look at their chart for a sec? Mm-hmm. I got a little bit uh, confused about this one because it's uh, a bit wacky. So, again, the low point COVID cough, $4.32. This is Oswide Bank. Uh, right. The next point, April 2020, is uh, only uh, 1% above that, 436 uh, if I go up to July 2020, that's a 4.85% uh, 
gap from the first low point. So I'm using that as L1. Is that Which one, sorry? Uh, July 2020. Yeah, July 2020. That's what I've got too. Okay. Yep. Um, okay, so if I then extend that through October 2020. Yes, I agree. It's giving me a sell price of about 6 bucks. It's currently at 6.23 and it's uh, sort of been dropping yeah. Since March 21, so it's come up a long way since the COVID cough, but I'm still checking that as like a, well, it's not negative sentiment, but it's uh, in a down, positive sentiment with a downturn. We need a better name for Correct. that. What do, what do we call that? Uh, I, well, I don't know, a wait maybe, a wait to buy. That's not fair. Like I wouldn't rush in to buy Oswide Bank while it's in this kind of downturn. I'd want it to um, turn up before I did that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it may be the new figures might um, give us that, but uh, it's it's approaching its sell line and it's trending down. So I'd be, yeah. in no, be in no hurry to buy it, yeah. Yeah. Well, wait isn't very isn't a very catchy term, Tony. We need to come up with something, you know, sexier than just a wait. <laughs> okay, well, that's your department. Yeah. You're the marketing okay. guru. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll yeah. come up with something about that. <gasps> Can you go and get Cameron from his hammock and come in and uh, tell us what it's <laughs> the real Cameron? Yeah, no, he's, yeah. he told me that, he told me he doesn't want to be disturbed. Uh, okay, let's look at WWG. I picked up WWG. Well, that's the end of the free episode for this week. For the brand new folks, I want you to know that each week we have a free episode and a premium episode. Free episode runs about half an hour. Premium episode usually runs for an extra half hour to an hour, depending on. How many questions we have from our audience that week? Because we spend a lot of that time answering questions. Uh, if you want to check out the premium episodes, you can go up to our website, qavpodcast.com.au, and sign up for the two-week free trial. You get to have a look at the uh, premium episodes. You get to have a look at the checklist, the getting started guide, all of the video content that we have. Uh, you get invited to our VIP dinners and our VIP Zoom calls for club members. You get to ask Tony questions that we can answer. You get to get invited to our uh, Facebook group, our private Facebook group, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, and also we get a, a private uh, club member newsletter each week. We send out as well with some stuff in it. So, check that out, qavpodcast.com.au. But as I said, if you're brand new and you want to, you're trying to figure out what's going on. Go back and listen to Season 3, Episodes 1, 3, and 5, 301, 303, and 305. And then you might also want to go back and listen to Season 1 as well, all of the free episodes in Season 1, where we go into a lot of detail about Tony's system and methodology and figure out if this is right for you, if it's something that you want to go further with, if you want to learn how to invest like Tony does, then you can check out the uh, QAV Club. Uh, the other thing I always have to say is we're not financial advisors, so don't take anything you hear on this as financial advice. This is just here to teach how one guy invests and thinks about investing. If you need financial advice or tax advice, please go see a financial advisor or tax advisor. Uh, with that, stay safe. Good luck with your investing, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>